we're moving on. I lost my train of thought. Welcome to Whelmed, a podcast for Xennials. Hi. Hello, darling. Is it Friday yet? Oh my God. You don't even know. I mean, <laughs> for our listeners, it is. Right? <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, listeners. It's a better day for you. Um, however, my computer, for some reason, I don't know what's wrong with the calendar notification. Uh, when we're recording this today is March 2nd, also known as the Feast of St. Chad, which my computer keeps reminding me all day. <laughs> it just really wants to remind you that you're named after the patron saint of spas. Of spas, which, you know, oh God, a spa day today would have been glorious. Ugh, so true. Um, oh, like my, my body is in such need of a massage after this weekend. <laughs> oh wait, I um, saw a movie this weekend. Yay! Look at you, little filmmaker, you. Aww. Oh my god, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I mean, you know, as usual, at the beginning, right? Uh, it's a very good place to start. Very good. <laughs> um, uh, I think it was one of the best moments of my life this weekend. Well, um, that's awesome. That's absolutely what it should have been. And uh, it, like, I think normally I would, like, be harping on the things that went wrong and the things I could have done better. Yeah. And there's nothing I would have changed. Not Even the things that went wrong. Like, they went wrong, and we handled them, and we moved forward. Um... You know, we, 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 uh, I, I shall start at the beginning. Um, <laughs> I woke up and um, leading up to the weekend and shooting the film, it felt like I'm getting ready to go on like a magical European trip. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like the first time you go to London or like the first time I went to Iceland, like, You've seen the pictures, but like you don't believe it until you're there. And mm -hmm. yeah, so that's kind of how it felt like. But on the morning of, it just felt normal. Like the whole thing just felt normal, um, which was, it caught me by surprise in a way. Only yeah. because people kept saying, like, are you excited? Are you ready to go? And I was like, this just feels what I'm like, I'm what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, so I, I, I pulled out of my garage and turned onto Sunset Boulevard to grab coffee and a breakfast sandwich. And it's uh, about 6 a.m. And there's this huge full moon just shining down, like, like, but, but like the sun is coming up behind and I'm seeing the moon in front of me. And it just felt like the weekend was gonna be blessed. And, uh, you know, my grandma really loved the moon. Um, <laughs> she was such a dork about it. We would be sitting on our porch up in 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 the Catskills in the summer, and the moon. Chad, Chad, look at the moon. Do you have you seen the moon tonight? Chad, look at the moon. 
Did she just say it multiple times? And, you know, and then we got to the space and we loaded in and, um, you know, everyone was on time. We were never running around looking for people. And um, we hit our first hurdle, which was the office space that we rented had this big back warehouse that we were going to shoot one of our scenes in. But they did not tell us that they have 3D printers that they run all weekend that have these very large fans. Not large fans, oh. loud, loud fans. Yeah, sure. Um, so we couldn't shoot there. So we had to figure something else out. And then halfway through the day, um, the actor showed up on time, but did not pass. Um, so as part of the COVID protocols, um, they everyone has to check in with the COVID officer when they arrive, which includes um, being asked a series of questions as well as getting their temperature taken. Mm -hmm. And he didn't pass. Mm. And we had to send him home. And uh, we kept going back and forth and we talked about um, finding another actor. And, you know, that's obviously a challenge because they would have had to have had a COVID test within the last 48 hours. Right. Um, and then I would have had to, you know, rehearse with them that night and learn the dance, dance moves and the, the lines. And so I ended up <laughs> learning the lines. <laughs> and the dance moves and uh, not planned, but I ended up being in the film. Um, and so that was a really difficult challenge to have to direct and act. Um, yeah. I, mean, I really had to put a lot of it into the hands of my DP and um, AD. Uh, mm -hmm director of photography, assistant director. Um, and uh, which was a definite interesting exercise in trust. Um, my, my cinematographer moves very quickly, which for on set, that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. um, however, he forgot many times to say, hey, you should come do see playback before he started moving on. Um, so, you know, I just kind of have to trust that the footage is good, but it felt right. Um, and uh, everyone had a really good time and we had some really funny um, cuts that, you know, we can't use, like when someone says the wrong line and um, uh, everyone was just so great and talented. And uh, I'm so grateful for all of the people that, helped me get here. Uh, I didn't realize this until I started reflecting yesterday afternoon that it's almost two years to the day that I finished my first draft of this short film. I'm not. Oh, wow. And in, in this little short film writing class. And uh, so that's obviously serendipitous. Um, and uh, I'm just really blessed. And uh, the other interesting thing was, you know, I thinking about moving. Mm -hmm. Hasn't been that public information. Apparently is now. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I was like, and I texted you saying um, that I was like, I don't know if I can move after it. Like it was such a powerful an event this weekend, three days, Monday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. 
And I, I immediately started going to be like, but what was it about the weekend? Mm-hmm. And uh, everything that I loved about the, this past weekend, I can do anywhere. And it was more about coming up with an idea and executing on it and surrounding myself with great people and uh, having them trust in my vision and me trust in their abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can do that at, a, at a, a product development company doing marketing. I can continue to do that with my writing and future directing. I can do both Yeah. where I end up. Yeah. Well, and I think that's like, that's, that's the thing that, that always works for me too about theater, right? Is that it's like, it's teamwork mm-hmm. and creativity. Yep. And those are the things that I love, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to, when you have a successful teamwork, Sense a of successful, te- yeah, within a community, right? Like it doesn't, I mean, honestly, like that is what, like when a classroom is clicking, that's kind of what it feels like to be in a classroom too, right? Like, everybody's on the same page and you're doing this work together and it's there's a there's a camaraderie to that there's a um there's a there's a a that trust that develops and that um and it's just fun right like it's fun to it's it's fun to have that sense of it's a shared um, experience shared experience yeah exactly Uh uh-huh it's it's, and and if it comes with that creativity and that vision right that like you're getting to bring an idea to fruition yeah that's awesome you know and like growing up some of my favorite memories were staying up late painting sets at the theater up in the Catskills Mm. um because it was about that shared experience and you know also drinking beer and smoking cigarettes but (laughs) (laughs) but that shared experience too right that like yeah, I mean, it's it's how you develop friendships, right? Like it's shared yeah. experience and the I, that that sense of you know where inside jokes come from and and it was right? you know Community. and and yesterday was obviously because um, almost everyone we wrapped almost everybody after two days and we had a very bare bones. There was me, the DP, and our production designer and our lead actor on Monday, and we were only shooting for about three hours. Um, So on Monday also was a lot of people posting. It was sort of like the day after everyone posting Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, So it was just really nice to see that people enjoyed their experience because that made me really happy too. Um, Because I want, you know, it should be a collective. It should be camaraderie. And um, I was also really proud of our team for, you know, I heard from a couple of people that we were one of the most COVID compliant sets that people had been on. Oh, wow. And I think that that's amazing that, you know, we took very seriously people's health and safety. And I'm really proud of that as well. Yeah, well, I'm proud of you for doing that too, because that uh, is is not, is not, is not happening, isn't it? It's not happening places. No, Mm -mm. no, no, no. But I mean, uh, yeah, there's not a thing I would change about the weekend and everything happened the way it was supposed to. And we clearly weren't supposed to shoot this in December when <laughs> we initially right, were, yeah. were meant to. And yeah. I think I think it, this thing that you've experienced is, I, I think I've learned it that lesson in a different way in uh-huh. the last year. 
but the idea and really not just the past year, but I mean, in the last handful of years, I think that that's a lesson as a former control freak, <laughs> this is a lesson that I have learned over and over again, right? That like, actually, if you just let go and let things happen, they don't always happen the way you thought they were going to, but yep. they always happen the way they should. Yep. Like sometimes the timing is different than what you wanted it to be, but mm -hmm. it was, but then it was the right time, right? Like, and you don't know all the factors and you don't have all the answers and you don't, you can't possibly know everything and control everything. So just let it go, man. Just let it go. It's so much let easier. Let it go. Let there it go. go. You know, I have a friend who's convinced that that song is about farts. Um, is this friend you? No, it's not. Mm -hmm. No, he's, okay. he's he's older and 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 more mature than I am. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I did though, um, finally get to watch the Golden Globes yesterday, the day after they were on. Ah, did you watch the whole show? I did watch the whole show. Oh, was that not torture? Well, you know what was great was that I watched it the day after, so no commercials. Oh God, but even the, without the commercials, like I just, it seemed, I could not, I could not deal with it because I I struggle with the awkwardness of all of that stuff as so, is. And then they've added like screen lags and tech issues and yeah, yeah. like, oh my God. So I'll, I'll first say my favorite moment of the night. Jane Fonda's uh, Cecil B. DeMille uh, Lifetime mm. Achievement Award speech. Yeah. It's down like, I think like the most sincere, genuine moment of the evening. Yeah, and she's really quite a badass. Gosh, did she nail that speech? Like, mm. like, like when she did. Have, I don't know if you saw the speech, but um, she was just starting to talk about how what she learned from all the other nominees that year. I was like, you watched all of that? Wow. Like, <laughs> okay. I mean, like, and wow. Even if like, you I'm didn't, so classy as shit to say that you I, did, right? Yeah. <laughs> But just so like on point, um, uh, my 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 I, the most awkward moments though for me, which like I, I can't think of something really funny to say about it. But like they tried to do this thing, which like I get it, like in a meeting room where you're all spitballing ideas of what to do as you cut to commercial. Like this sounded like a great idea to have the actors in the category that's coming up talk to each other over Zoom. But it was just stupid and weird and awkward. And people were like, oh, hello, we haven't actually met. Or like, or like the actors that did know each other. Like, it was so weird. Like So weird. So yeah. weird. Do you have a favorite well, moment? Well, like you just, mm. I, I mean, I, I am, I was delighted that Chad Bozeman was honored with an award, sure. right? Um, and I thought his wife's speech was very lovely oh, yeah. and very touching. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I uh, found it. I didn't even actually see this. I just read about it and I still was like so uncomfortable even reading about it. This Daniel Kilalua was muted when he was trying to do his oh, acceptance yeah. speech mm-hmm. to start with. Like, because also like, of course, guys, like I mean, I spend my whole day, right? Being like, you're, you're muted. Your microphone's, t- honey, your microphone's turned off. Honey, honey, we can't hear you. Are you talking to me? Cause I can't hear you. Like, oh God, it's a nightmare. So I just can't. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you saw this though. They did this like one little, like, I don't know what you call it, like interstitial segment where I don't even know who this person was. Some, some kind of host type person True. went to, to ask kids about the Golden Globes. Did you see this? I did not. Oh my God, this was amazing. Um, uh, And uh, like, they were at like, he was asking all of these little, these cute little like five-year-olds, like they were like pre-K or kindergarten kids, like what were the Golden Globes? And you know, like one, one, one kid says like, it's where you go when you're bad or like, (laughs) like all these like random things. But then he asked them all, um, uh, who um, Chadwick Boseman is, and they all knew that he is Black Panther. So mm. it was like this cute, like kids say the darndest thing, and then yeah. it ends with them asking if they know who Chadwick Boseman is, and they're like, "Black Panther, duh." God, duh, obviously. It's so cute. Yeah. Uh, that's that's nice. Yeah, it's that's a super weird thing to do, though. I mean, I guess it's nice that they turned out nicely. Oh, you know what I just realized they didn't do? They didn't do an in memoriam. That's curious. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Just realized that that just like hit me over that. Um, Interesting. Uh, so obviously there was a lot of controversy before the awards. Well, which controversy would you like to start with? Right? <laughs> so I would like to say we obviously are very vindicated with our anger from the last episode where we talked about these nominations that in fact, Emily in Paris was a bullshit nomination. Right? Yes. So for those of you who don't know, there was an LA Times um, investigation. Um, uh, go look them up. Go, go, go Google that shit um, to find out the full story. But basically, and I don't know if this happens for other film sets, but to court a, poss- a potential nomination, Netflix paid for the entire Hollywood foreign press to come visit set in, in Paris and stay in four-star hotels, uh, lavish meals, uh-huh. a whole lot. Uh-huh. And then miraculously, Emily in Paris, which everyone panned, got nominated for two fucking awards. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ridiculous. Oh, God, gross. So I don't think anybody is surprised by that, right? Like, it's justifying to find out that there was this specific, like, big thing. But, like, I'm, I'm not surprised to learn that, like, people are people get a little kickback for voting for stuff, right? Like there's there's already a campaign, right? Like right. for any of these award shows, right? Like there's a campaign that is put on by the studio for whatever the studio has decided are the movies and TV shows that they are going to try to promote for award season. 
Right, and 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 for also for those of you who don't know, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is made up of about ninety people. So I was stunned when it said that. I had no idea it was that few people. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, that's um, just crazy to me. And they're all journalists. I mean, like, yes, they obviously have connections with the Hollywood industry, but they're not necessarily filmmakers. They're critics. Right, like the point of it is that they are critics, right? Like that's, yeah. So it's, it's, very, it's very weird, I think, that somehow, like the studios aren't gonna like stop backing the Globes because it's marketing for them. If they win an award like this, like- Oh, sure. But yeah. it's it's interesting how we've all I'm making a generalization here, but we've all given the globes such I don't know, not gravitas, but like given them power over who's cool, right? Because while it's not a shoe-in, a lot of times, at least on the feature film side, these move uh the winners inform who wins at the oscars not all the time right and like that tends to be more true in drama and yep. it tends to be right like but i don't know like the golden the globes always have like sort of their particular peccadilloes and then they're always yeah. like there are certain people that they really like right yeah. there are certain people they are always going to nominate they're pretty bad at com like the, I feel like the yeah, weird yeah. the weird stuff that always gets nominated where people are like wait what happened like yeah. it's always in the comedy category because they don't really seem to understand comedy. Well, and then the the woman who won yeah. for best actress in a comedy, um, she was super cute. I'd never heard of what she was in. Yeah, I mean exactly. Like nobody else has either. And then when she said Diane Weiss, I was like, oh yeah, I heard she was in a movie recently. Okay, <laughs> like, well, that's all the information that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's- Well, and obviously like it's, it's interesting to me because we are clearly the, 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 mo the thing of like award shows is going to start shifting, right? Like mm -hmm. all of this stuff has to start shifting. So like the Globes, which now everybody knows is made up of 90 white people that like, that's a really terrible demographic, right? That's a terrible demographic to vote. It's not, on okay, let's what say it's not quality. actually 90 white people, but it's 90 people who aren't black. Well, the way that I read it was it was 90 people who are not people of color. And they definitely put the three members of color on display for that moment when members of the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press make their little speech. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, I missed that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty, it's just pretty like, it's just, I, all of it feels super old fashioned, right? Right, it sort of feels like a bunch of like white men in a back room. It's sort of like that moment in um in the West Wing when they talk about like, how like, you know, the guys who decide the president were a bunch of guys in a back room smoking cigars. It sort of feels mm -hmm. like that, right? Um, right. Yeah. 
Because it's like and I, I'm, now, I'm now more curious to have transparency over their pro their nominating process, and then and then their voting process after that. Well, and I just think it makes you realize that like these things are nonsense, Bullshit. and all of them are nonsense, and they've always been nonsense. Like the Oscars are nonsense, the Emmys are nonsense. It's all nonsense. Like it's just crap. Like it doesn't have anything to do with what actual people like to watch. It doesn't have anything like they've always they've always given short shrift to comedy. They've always picked their favorites. They've always like I mean I looked at I looked at the history of the actor and the actress category. So on in the Globes when they do supporting actor and supporting actress in television, uh -huh. they combine it all so that it is it's tv series and miniseries and television films like all of those supporting actor is just all one category yeah. and since the award started in 1971 they have given it to like six comedic actresses they gave it to julia louis dreyfus once they gave it to kim cattrall once they gave it to like somebody back in the 70s, oh, Valerie Bertinelli. They gave it to her <laughs> twice, right? Like, Valerie fucking Bertinelli? Are you kidding me? Okay. Like, oh, okay. And that's what, you know, obviously that's insane. But like, that they don't, they don't like comedy. They don't get it, right? Like they don't. But that's such like, that's a, that's a, I don't think that's a, just a Globes thing. I think that's the entertainment industry in general. Like comedy makes a lot of money, but it's not considered art by a right. lot of people. And I think that's fucking yeah. bullshit. Yeah, there's like snottiness to all of, I mean, it's basically just people kissing their own asses, right? And like, now it's coming out, the, like now there's actual evidence that there's money trading hands, but obviously that's been happening all along, right? Like, yeah, there's a I period mean, of time where like small that. movies don't get nominated. And then, you know, there were like the indie darling years, but you know. And then once in a while you have a show like Shit's Creek. Yeah, but Shit's Creek didn't get nominated until it blew up. I know. I mean, that, but that's sort of the point, right? Like, it got so big that they couldn't ignore it anymore. They couldn't ignore it anymore, right? Like, they didn't nominate Shit's Creek in the first or second season. Like, they didn't nominate it back at the beginning. Because, no, because Pop TV didn't have the money to be trying to shill for them. Like, yeah. until it showed up on Netflix, and Netflix was like, hey, we'll throw some money your way. Like, this is too big of a deal for them to ignore anyway. So yeah, because fine. so many people are watching Shit's Creek and not anything that Netflix is making. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Queen's Gambit won some stuff. That was a Netflix original, right? That was, and it was really good. But it's also interesting to note um, in the, uh, I don't, I think it was the director, the person who accepted the award for best miniseries. Hmm. Um, said that the actress who played the lead role who also won an award for it, mm -hmm. um, I'm blanking on her name, but um, the year that him and his partner acquired the rights to the novel to start working on it, it was the year she was born. Wow. So, you know, it's, there are some things in Hollywood that, that just get made really quickly 
because like the stars align and there are some things that are labors of love that take 20 plus years to get made yeah well and there are lots of there are lots of stories like that right that are really that are really interesting and there are lots of there are lots of shows and movies and miniseries and whatever sort of the in-between is that like people really people really genuinely love that like really make a difference in their lives yeah and so like if you're making stuff that does that for people then like who gives a shit about an award right like it's nice to be acknowledged I suppose but like if you recognize that like it's all this big it's all part of the big machine then like I don't know it just seems it just seems kind of insincere what would you, I realize I'm putting you on the spot here. Um, what, I mean, what would be your prescription? I, I, how do you like, cause like we can't stop the big machine, right? I don't know. So how would, would we work with the big machine to make it better? Well, I think the first, I think the first and most important thing is that that branching out to include a genuinely diverse panel of of nominators of of academy members or whatever you call your people right actually helps right like it actually helps to find to to find things to nominate that are different and to write like, and you should have ethics practices, obviously, that outlaw all of the fucking shit, like somebody flying you to a foreign country and yeah, you up in a fucking hotel. That shit should not be allowed. Like it should be right there in your fucking bylaws, right? And like, if you're genuine about wanting to award, about a wanting to award talent and not wanting to just like, this is like a club where people get have to kiss my ass. Yeah. Like if it's an ass kissing club, then just enjoy your ass kissing club and acknowledge what you are and whatever. Yeah. But like if you're serious about trying to actually have awards that matter, then like those diverse voices matter and having larger, you should have more people. Like, I mean, I don't know how many Academy voting members there are, do you? Hundreds if not thousands. Yeah, and I don't know, I would imagine it's the same for the Emmys, but I would think that like you're going to be doing better if you're closer to the thousands than you are to the hundreds, right? And the interesting thing about um, the Emmys and the Oscars, uh, I'm pretty sure the way it works is you, you don't get to vote in every category if you're an Emmy or an Oscar voting member. You get mm. to vote in the category in which, so if you're an actor, if you're an Academy member and get to vote for the Oscars, if you're an actor, you get to vote in the acting categories and for best picture and the best picture categories. Um, you don't get to vote for best cinematographer or best sound editing. So sound editors are the, are the can only vote in that category and the best picture. So everyone gets to vote. Everybody gets to vote for best picture. Sure. And then in your category that you're like yeah. have joined. I mean, that makes sense because if I were an Academy voting member, I don't really truly understand what goes into sound editing. Right. 
and I, can under, I can understand if the movie sounds good. I can understand if like, you know, that seems complicated. There's a lot of sounds. Like I get that much, <laughs> right? Like, oh, there's a lot of sounds there. I bet that was complicated. But I don't I don't really know what goes into that job. Right. So and acting is one of those things that it's like teaching, right? Where everybody thinks they mm -hmm. know good acting. Everybody thinks they know how to do it, right? Everybody yeah. thinks it's just like it's like the super easy thing to do. Or like you recognize good acting, but actually a lot of times what people recognize as good acting is just, it actually was just a good script. Yeah. Right. Or like just a juicy moment or just a good, like, you know, if you've got good material, then it's a lot easier to act well. Right. Right. Like the, uh, the film I was in a couple years, uh, wow. A couple, it's a couple years ago now, 2019 film still hasn't come out. <laughs> um, but um I hope I did. I, I acted well, but also the part, like she did not, not write it for me, but the character was basically me. Like it wasn't right. like, it wasn't a leap. It wasn't a stretch. The yeah. only part that was a stretch was that I also camp. <laughs> that is, a, that is a stretch. In fact, yeah. I believe you famously said, I don't camp. I did famously say that. <laughs> and do you I know how much these yeah. jeans cost? Yeah. <laughs> Classic Chad. That was that was like late 90s, early 2000s, Chad. He's I'm a I'm I'm less bougie in certain areas now. You are. You've grown a lot as a person. <laughs> but it's all right. I don't really camp either. Like <laughs> I'll go, I'll go like we can go to a cabin. I would totally clamp with you. We could go, I, yeah, I'm fine. But like, do we have to though? Like, is there a better choice? No, no I would rather <laughs> though stay in a rustic cabin with a pool in the back. Sure, 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 sure. That's fine. But is that only because we couldn't afford the house is my question. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, we're never, mm -mm. Yeah, like if we can just go to a house that has a pool in the back, let's pick that. I mean, I, I like... It's not like top of my list, but seeing some of like the, the national parks like sound really cool because they're really pretty, but like. Yeah, and and that's, you know, that's fine. <laughs> You're like, you, Listen, I, I love that journey for you. I'm not gonna go. <laughs> no, that's really not true. Here's the, the genuine thing is that it, like, I actually really do love being in nature. I really do. I do not want to sleep or pee on the ground. Yeah, mm -hmm. I want to. That, that's where I am. So, yeah. like, yes, absolutely. We could totally go glamp. Like, I mean, my family is gonna right. Like, we have a spring break cabin. We're gonna go. There's gonna there's a jacuzzi, right? Like, there's a big porch. It looks out over a river. Steve will go fishing, right? Yeah. Like, it'll be great. I will sit on the porch. I will read. I will enjoy it. I will do the jacuzzi. We might go for some hikes, right? Like we'll watch the river. It's lovely. I, but I don't want to sleep on the ground. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You know, I think, I think, um, gosh, we haven't traveled together since 2003. Um, uh, unless you count visiting each other. Right. Like, I mean, that's the thing is because we have to travel to visit each other. Then like, it's kind of like, yeah, that is what and we have like, done instead of going you know, somewhere else. LA is not 
LA shockingly is not like a great tourist city. Like people think like, Ooh, I'm going to go to LA and see all these things. There's not that much to see. No, I mean, I think the very first time I came there, you like drove me past the Chinese theater and we went to a California pizza kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we didn't get out. I didn't walk you down Hollywood Boulevard. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, I think like maybe like a like a little chunk like on our way to the California Pizza Kitchen. Yeah. And like that was fun. I think we went to the pier. The pier was nice. Venice yeah. Beach was cool, right? I went yeah, to and Beach I probably too. drove you down Rodeo. Like it's not really. I don't know if it's worth getting out on Rodeo. Well, I mean, I can't buy anything. So right. what am I just gonna be like? Oh, look at all that really stupid, expensive shit. I remember That's when dumb. I was younger, and it was like, "Ooh, Tom Ford, let's go in there and like pretend we can shop here." And I was like, "Why? Like, why would I do that? That's just they can look at me and know I can't shop at Tom Ford. They're <laughs> like, all hard clothes came from Old Navy. Get out." Get out right now. <laughs> By the way, thank you, Old Navy, for saving my ass with some khakis Saturday night so I could wear them on Sunday to be in my film. Please. Old Sir. Navy for the win, y'all. Though it's, I, I, it's like the say, only fucking place I shop. It's sad. I would really like them to, to like put a little bit more effort and ingenuity into their stretch technology because it's very confusing on sizing because like I can never tell like okay well this fits nicely right now but like oh but in an hour it's not going to though no 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 in an hour everyone's going to feel underpants yes like I should really buy the next size down and be really uncomfortable for an hour or two (laughs) yes that is what you have to do because if you buy that size that you think fits i have a pair of jeans in my closet right now that are exactly that way yeah. and i try to put them on sometimes and then i'm like oh no i forgot i forgot these are the underwear jeans and so <laughs> just like yeah, there's my pants like but then like it makes me think i've lost weight but no i have not so fuck no me. they just are very very bad at stretch yes yeah i mean listen it is the great like struggle of my life to be able to to purchase a pair of jeans that are as comfortable as people seem to have this thing that like jeans are so comfortable and everybody loves to wear jeans and I fucking hate jeans I hate them they're not comfortable they're not comfortable at all and I don't understand why everybody likes them so much a lot of jeans aren't even made from like the highest quality cotton fabric (laughs) Like, if we're being honest, like, jeans just became cool. Like, yeah, it's just, like, weird. Like, people get all excited about, like, jeans day at work. And I'm just like, mm, no, thank you. Like, I don't. That's not fun for me. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. Well, we veered quite far from our original topic. What was it? Oh, the Golden Globes? Who knows? <laughs> do better. Yes, do better. Be more <laughs> inclusive. I did like how they were like, no, we're cool though. Like we, we're gonna just uh, give all the awards to black people. Award everybody who's black. Just give them the award. Like, see, see how cool we are. We're totally cool. John Boyega, totally. He's great. Yeah, and sweet little John. I, I, I said this to you the other day. I was like, hey, way to piss off the gays. <laughs> 
Well, listen, you know, Dan Levy don't really care. No. He's like, I look at how fly I look in this ridiculous, like chartreuse suit thing I got going on here. About and me I'm like, death the next day. Made out of money and it's fun. Yeah. He's all good. The, the one other funny, awkward thing that, um, I don't know if you watch the opening monologue or dialogue, as it were. Um, I mean, it was funny when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were making fun of, A, the AFPA, mm-hmm. um, and also Emily in Paris. But then they, like, like, they're, like, the way they made fun of Emily in Paris, though, was, like, in a way that, like, that shouldn't have been a that's not even something that was nominated at that award show. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like they made fun of it. Like it was just universally accepted that it was like a terrible, yeah. Oh, this is the show that's so bad. We're all joking about it. Right. And then they flashed to the actress. And she was like, hi, I'm awkwardly here. Even though everybody knows I shouldn't be. They talked about like how, like something or other, the Sia, movie is called music um um, kate hudson and they Mm -hmm. flash to kate hudson who's there with her whole family including goldie hawn and kurt russell and it's like well that's awkward right see that's why i can't watch those things anymore because i'm just like y'all what is the point of all of this no um speaking of music oh well segue (laughs) well Segway. Yeah. Um, what's our topic for today? Well, we thought we'd talk about music. What? Yeah. So uh, this this suggestion comes from one of our most devoted listeners. See how I put on my radio voice for that? Uh, <laughs> we've talked in the past about the idea of comfort TV, right? Like, what do you watch when you are in need of comfort? And we've talked about comfort food before, I think. And we've talked about, right? So, like, mm-hmm. what do you also have comfort music? Which led us to the idea of, like, but yeah, but there's music for all kinds of stuff, right? Yep. So, like, you have... Yeah, music I, for everything in life. Yeah, I mean, I I have my go-tos, but I also have uh, playlists for moods. Ah, uh, do you have you created these playlists yourself? Um, they've been sort of curated over the years, though. I <laughs> I'm I'm really good about adding songs to my playlists, but not deleting songs. So, <laughs> like on my on my workout playlist. Um, uh, I every time Usher comes on, I was like, "Fuck! I meant to delete that." <laughs> You're like, "It's not 2007 anymore." Uh, like Usher, like you were super cool, but I just I'm not. I'm mm, 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 I'm kind of done. Thanks. Um, but yeah, I would. I have made most of mine. Um. Uh, so let's talk about. Let's talk about comfort music first. Okay. Because I think that's an interesting idea, right? That like, so, because to me, that's even, even if you just say that, like you still have to break it down further, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. there's like, there's the kind of comfort you need where you're like, I just have had a hard day. I just need to listen to like, I just need to listen to like my stuff. 
right? Mm-hmm. Just like the stuff I listen to all the time. It's like your go-to band or go-to artist, right? So my my two go-to artists, you know one of them, but um, I think it would surprise most people that these are my two go-tos if you didn't know me really well. But um, Jamie Cullum and Mika are my go-tos. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like comfort, you know, whatnot. Um, and then there are, are, you know, a couple of out, like, and then there's Alanis Morissette and Bastille. Um, and a little Kelly Clarkson. I see, I have, I have this playlist called Emotional Technology. Uh-huh. And it's my go-to, what I call my go-to grounding playlist. And it has, okay. it has music that has spoken to me in some emotional way, whether mm-hmm. it's through the lyrics or the way, like, cause I was thinking about this in preparation for this when I, cause I, I listen to this playlist often. And uh, like, there are some songs that like the lyrics are fine, but like the chord progressions are really mm-hmm. what evokes something in me. And I call it my grounding playlist because it it serves many purposes. Um, a lot of my playlists multitask. Um, sure. It helps when I am getting anxious. I turn mm-hmm. the playlist on. When uh, I'm also trying to become vulnerable, I play. I put this playlist on. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm gonna go draw, this is the playlist I listen to. Yeah, um, interesting. It's also the playlist when I'm having a lot of trouble focusing. Like, so it all comes back to this grounding, like helping me become more present mm-hmm. kind of thing through yeah. lyrics that um, take me out of myself, like in a way that uh, maybe not take me out of myself, but like. I mean, I think maybe the opposite, maybe put you in yourself. Puts me in myself, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. So like, has it, yeah, cause I feel like, I feel like I, I really enjoy music, but I, I think there are people who are like music people and people mm-hmm. who are not music people. And I think I like, I really enjoy music, but I don't know that I have the same response to it as some people do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would call myself a music person, but like like half in the closet music person. <laughs> like I think I think about both of my brothers and my mom, right? Like who are like very much music people. I mean, really probably my dad is too, but that there's like this um that like it is emotional connection for mm-hmm. them, right? That like and really like, it's just, like, they, they're they listening to music all the time. Like, it's just always on. They always have music on. And I don't, I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of thing for it. Like, interesting. I listen to music at specific times when I am wanting to feel a certain way. Right. I will put on music. Um, or... You know, obviously, like if I want to dance, if I want to be happy, if I want to feel better, if I want to cry, mm. right? Like all of those are occasions in which I will put on music. And like, sure, if I'm just like cleaning the house or working out or whatever, fine. But like, 
there are plenty of times where like I get into the car and sometimes I will even like put on music and then be like, oh no, that's not what I want. I don't want music right now. Like I can't do that. Mm -mm, nope, that's not what my brain wants to listen to. Mm, interesting. And then I turn it off. And you drive in silence. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Um, sometimes I listen to podcasts. Sure. Um, or I have other, like it kind of, yeah. But like, especially if I get overwhelmed, like, I no, I want quiet. Like, I feel bad because I think every time I ever get into Steve's car, I turn it down. Like, it's always too loud for me. Um, but, but who would, is your go-to though, if you... So do you have comfort music? I, yeah, I think so. So like, <laughs> I, it's interesting because like I have, um, I have a handful of things. So like, I have a real soft spot for music from the 70s. Did I know this? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I did. No, I think it's like a weird thing about me. Like, uh, I have here? a real soft spot. What? Like Gloria Gaynor, or is that 60s? No, that was the 70s. That's like disco. No, no. I mean, like, uh, like, like soft rock. <laughs> what? Like, like the Eagles and okay. Bruce Springsteen, who is not soft rock, Plastic more rock, rock I guess, but like, rock. uh, yeah, and like Fleetwood Mac and I, I don't know, like, that's a vibe. That's definitely a vibe. Right. Like, it's definitely a vibe. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, some weird, like, I don't know. Like, I, there's a handful of, like, sort of one-offs, right? Like, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Oh, sure. Um, right? Like, for, I think for, like, two years, the song uh, Brandy. Uh, ooga, 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 uh, Okay, maybe less that one. But, like, for two years, the song Brandy has been in my, like, top ten Spotify year-end songs. Oh, would you like to sing it for us? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm not you. <laughs> but, like, I don't know what that is. It's very strange. But, like, I, I so, like, I listen to that stuff. I like that stuff a lot. Um, I would, okay, I'm, like, I'm thinking about this. Like, maybe it's a little bit more, like, it's rock with a little bit of rhythm, right? It's rock you can kind of dance to a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, right. Like, there's a, it's a nice, there's, like, a, it's a little bit more, like, of a funky bass line, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and that's totally like so. Like when I want to dance, right? Like I've got two, I've got two places that I could go, right? Like I can either go. Like, Wait, you're not listening to Do Doja Cat. No, I'm saying like gay pop is one of my places, right? Like I can go gay pop. I can do that dancing. That's super fun. Um, or I will, I will more often do like I want. I want like a funk baseline, yeah. right? Like. Yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire, like Cool and the Gang. Interesting. There's like, there's like one Casey and the Sunshine Band song I can get down uh -huh. to. Um, yeah, and you know, like, and then some of the newer versions of that, right? Like Bruno Mars. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. It's funny that you're describing though a vibe, right? So it made me think of, well, I'm listening to Jamie Cullum and Mika. What is that vibe? Because they're they. They're sort of, they're singer-songwriters, but they're poppy. 
they're poppy singer songwriters mm-hmm, in a way mm-hmm. and european yeah so poppy campy singer songwriters poppy poppy euro camp yeah so it's like euro pop camp <laughs> i would like Maybe to go to that camp. Genre. i would like to go to that camp <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so here's what I was going to tell you oh. is that actually Spotify has made this website that is called Every Noise at Once. <laughs> oh, that sounds overwhelming. Right? Well, I don't I don't know why they called it that, but that's not obviously that's not what it is. What it is is a map of all like 300 of the music genres that they keep track of. which is like super specific but here's what's badass about it Mm -hmm. is that you can like click on it and it will show you like that genre has subgenres and what it's close to and then you can click on that further and you can find the bands that are associated and then you can click on it further and you can find playlists that they have made on spotify that go with so i have discovered that i'm a big fan of the genre Indie poptimism. I so love my, for you. My favorite little pop band is called Parachute, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, really? Okay, because most of the time people, most of the time people have no idea who I'm talking about. I have no idea how I found. I mean, I do kind of know how I found. I think it was like the Matt Nathanson station on Pandora back in the day, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. And they're very like. It's, it's singer-songwriter, but with more pop, right? Um, so it's like, it's like it, what if John Mayer was always having a good day? Um, instead of being a dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what Parachute is. It's like John Mayer's first album, where he uh, was like, yes, God, right? That album was so album. good. And then he turned into an asshole and he ruined everything. Oh, that song Neon and... Yeah, like that's the vibe. But it's cool because then I've like found like new people who are like kind of like them, right? Like right this minute, I'm really into the band Camino. So basically you're saying, Chad, stop being a stick in the mud and branch out to Spotify because Apple is stifling your life. Yes. (laughs) I wish, I wish, I wish Apple was much better about that kind of stuff. And they're not like, if I ask it to yeah. play, so I, I will ask it to play Jamie Cullum, just, just Jamie Cullum or just Mika. Yeah. Because if I ask it to play songs similar to Jamie Cullum, then I start getting like super jazz. And Jamie Cullum like does come from the jazz world, but like, but that's not really who he is, though. He's not like he's he's got one foot in pop, one foot in singer songwriter, and one foot in jazz. Right, but also like it's not like it's not jazz jazz. It's like it's I mean, like it, it show tune jazz. jazz. It's it's pop jazz. Right, like it's not like John Baptiste, right? Like no, and it's not you know. Billie Holiday or Nina Simone. Right, like he doesn't sound like he's from New Orleans. Right, and he doesn't sound like Michael Buble. He sounds like a singer-songwriter. Right. Who does jazz covers of pop songs as well as his own original music that is something in between singer-songwriter, pop, and jazz. Right, and see, like, is Michael Buble considered jazz? Yes. 
because then that's like that's like the that's like bad jazz that's the soft jazz i feel like that should have its own name you're talking about easy listening yeah it's like easy listening jazz and that's bad he's a little big band but but big band is jazz all right harry connick jr is jazz Right, yeah, I don't love him either. <laughs> but but those, but both Harry Connick Jr. and Michael Bublé, they're like that show tuny jazz. Right, yeah, that's what. Right, it's yeah. But interesting. And, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say oh. Jamie's closer to that. But also for me, if we're talking about comfort music, there's also the time where I have show tune therapy. Oh, and that's yeah. a whole other like where I will go and I'll drive in the car. Uh, this is actually something I've done a couple of times during COVID where I'll drive to the beach and get through the first act of a musical singing at the top of my lungs and get through the second act on the way home. Mm, that sounds nice. Um, I do singing therapy, but my singing therapy is usually 90s music. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, um, Ani. Yep. Uh, I can do a little Rage Against the Machine. Okay. Little Cranberries. Oh, any garbage? Oh yeah, love me some garbage. Yeah, for sure. Bush, if I'm in the mood to feel nostalgic, right? Like I I know those songs real well. You know, I I always liked Alanis, but I I don't really know anything other than the Jagged Little Pill album. Um For me, Alanis was like what Joni Mitchell is to a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Like I get that she's way better than I know that she is. Um, but because I was an Ani girl, like I just never really I didn't know much about Alanis. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And I was never like, I enjoy Ani, but I was never like an Ani girl. Oh, yeah. Was also I was a huge Ani girl. <laughs> Ani's, Ani's really good because she has crying songs and screaming rage songs. Yeah. And then she has some that are both. Oh. Yeah, where you're like angry and sad at the same time. It's great. <laughs> I, I wish um, I... So this girl from college, who I who I'm st- I still remain in contact with, Michelle, um, uh, she made me, she was a big Ani fan, and I was like, make me a tape. That was the last mixtape anyone made me. Um, I th- no, 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 that's not true, that's not true. But it was a CD then, it was, but it was the last time it actually came on a cassette tape. And I- Oh yeah, I, no, mixed I, CDs don't count. I know. It's a different thing. But um, I, di- I wish I kept the playlist, because it was such a good playlist that she made me on this cassette. Definitely. It was all Ani songs? Yeah, it was all Ani songs. A little best. I mean, I, I bet I could recreate it because like oh. Ani has Ani has Challenge some classics. Accepted. Ani has some classics. And then uh, and then I have, and I don't know, I mean, I guess it's comfort in a way. Then I have my Exercise the Demons playlist. Ooh. And, and is again, that literally a workout playlist? Or? Well, again, my playlists are multitaskers. So it's working out it's mm-hmm. cleaning the apartment it's mm-hmm. going out got oh so it's got your sexy getting ready songs yep which I got which, you. Is, which is a vibe it's mostly um uh, like dance pop music with attitude oh yeah no sexy get ready songs are very important mm-hmm. yes uh that is kesha for me okay okay I mean, and like Brit pop, you know, I mean, like, obviously there's plenty of like, there's plenty of like gay dance hits that uh, also will work. Um, 
but I am particular. I'm pretty particular to Kesha. Kesha is also like my my pump up song. Like her new stuff has like my pump up song on it. You need a good pump up song. Like when you're feeling nervous about something and you're like, I'm going to do this. You know, it's funny, Ru- RuPaul has a lot of songs out and, you know, bless her cotton socks. Um, they're not great, but they're real catchy. <laughs> I mean, that's so, all da, you really da, want da, them to da, be, right? Da, 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 da. It's, they're just real <laughs> catchy. Like, cover up magazine. See? So what I need you to do is you're going to get on Spotify and then we're going to make like a whelmed playlist. And we oh can my share God, we it. Totally do that. With oh. all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. So that when you need to exercise your demons or get, you know, your mad crying out or just have a sexy getting ready song, you can be ready to go with the yep. whelmed playlist. Hey, Megan. Hey, Jay. What are you whelmed about this week? I am whelmed about a show called Upload. Oh. Yeah, so this is an Amazon show. Um, I'm going to give the plot a little bit of a whirl. I promise you this is going to sound really fucking weird. And it is, but it isn't. It's very hard to explain. So it's set a little ways in the future and some somehow people have figured out how to upload their consciousness into oh that's creepy so it's basically like well if you die then you can you know you get to go oh you can go to this fancy like oh come join us at lakeview right like it's the afterlife of your dreams um but should and that sounds like a, upload their consciousness right wait i'm just saying it sounds like a really convoluted crazy promise uh, but at the end of the day, it's really a show about like people and relationships and okay. right. Like, so there's some funny things that happen because of the technology or whatever, but really it's like, it's just an interesting story. Um, and so whatever it's Robbie Amell, who I never thought much of, like he's been on some CW shows and he's done some forgettable movies and I didn't think much of him and he's just darling on this show. Mm. Um, and uh, there's a the, a lead, the lead actress whose name is um, I'm not going to be able to come up with it right now. And apologies for that, but she is a, a gem. She's just delightful to watch. Um, there's some really great side characters, and it's funny, and it's kind of sweet, and it um, there's a little bit of like a mystery in the background that you're kind of ah. following along. So it's like you want to know what happens next. Right. Um, and it's just been, it's just been really, really fun to watch. Like we've had to, it's been, we've had to like stop ourselves from finishing it. Like, oh. like, oh no, how, just two episodes. We can't watch more than two episodes. How sci-fi-y is it? It's not sci-fi-y. Like it does not feel like a show that could be on the sci-fi network. Like it feels like a sitcom. It's Greg Daniels oh. who did The Office. Oh, and like helps with Parks and Rec. So like, it feels like a sitcom that like they just found this ridiculous premise that kind of works, but it feels like a regular sitcom. Oh, cute, okay. Yeah, so I would highly recommend it, upload on Amazon. Also, if you watch it, I think you're gonna enjoy Robbie Amell. Okay, (laughs) was that just for me? Yeah, that's just for you. (laughs) I mean, other people probably will too, but I know you and I think you might. 
Speaking of just for me, um, uh, I am whelmed about. I, I, so I, I'm amending my my Valentine Frankenstein. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So until I watched the Golden Globes uh, yesterday, um, I, I can't believe I forget he exists. But um, Christopher Mar- Melroni is just so gorgeous and tall and lovely and dreamy. Chris, Chris Maloney? Maloney, yeah. From Law and Order SVU? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm just whelmed about him always. <laughs> that is, I am flabbergasted. I mean, not the whole thing. We're still keeping the Danny Kincannon personality, but like that Chris Maloney voice and body. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, like yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Huh. <laughs> Did I tell you that I saw him once at Whole Foods here in LA? It was like early in the morning and I was grabbing a breakfast burrito and he's in line at checkout. And uh, I was like, oh my God, I think he's my money. And, uh, but I'm like, you know, trying to keep cool. I'm like, I'm not gonna, it's also like eight o'clock in the morning. And uh, we end up like, he leaves the store like just before I do. So I was very curious to see what kind of car he gets into. And he's like, he's tall, I'm six one and he's taller than me. Um, and he gets into a powder blue convertible bug. Like like a yeah. newer one, like the, the newer ones. Oh. Yeah, and I'm like, someone's daughter must have been blocking your car. Right, yeah. (laughs) She was not supposed to put her car back there. But I was like, oh my God, that's so cute that he doesn't care. (laughs) I mean, listen, if you're Chris Maloney, do you give a shit? No. No, I wouldn't. So I just like, I just think about being like wrapped in his arms in like a little spooning situation. All right, well, that seems like as good a note of any to close it out on. <laughs> Megan, where can people find us? We are on Instagram at Whelmed Podcast and Facebook at Whelmed with Megan and Chad. We sure would appreciate if you'd come hang out and talk to us and tell us what you liked and what you don't like and what we should watch next, what we should talk about next, and what you think about everything. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, tell a friend. To listen wherever they listen to podcasts. We're there. It's true. We're everywhere. We're everywhere you want to be. <laughs> I love you, honey. What would I do without you? You never have to worry about that. Oh, boo. Bye. Bye. Bye.